Welcome to the Desert Street Podcast, the podcast helping you develop forex trading skills for more freedom. I'm your host, Etienne Kret. Let's get started right away. So Richard Jackson, welcome to the podcast. How's it been today? Very good, thank you. And thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to have you here. So you're in Melbourne. I'm in Vietnam right now, which is a little bit different, different phase okay. atmosphere, but it's pretty nice. Good to have you here, of course. Pretty nice and warm there in uh, Vietnam at the moment. Yeah, super warm, but like really rainy right now. It's insane. Oh, okay. Really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pretty crazy. So the first question I like to ask my guests is, what is one quote that inspires you? Uh, okay. It's a Larry Prezovenko quote. Uh, it's trade what you see, not what you think. I, th- I take a lot of Larry's stuff. I take a lot of Carolyn Broden's information. Uh, Scott Carney as well. These are all guys that I, you know, hold in esteem. So, you know, these guys have, you know, really solidified a lot of uh, information for me so that I can develop, I was able to develop my own strategy and view of how I create a framework around how I trade the market. Nice. It's awesome. I think that makes a lot of sense for most people and most people do it wrong at first. You got to learn this over time. So I want to go back in time and tell people kind of, how you started trading? What was that kind of first moment when you got into trading and how did that evolve after? Well, I guess, the, you know, like all traders, you know, when you, the reason why we want to get into trading is because, you know, it gives us a self a sense of, you know, awesome identity, you know, it looks like it's, you know, gives us freedom, gives us, um, you know, a good challenge as well. So these are all the same things that I went through. But I, you know, I went through and I started off you know, in a, my career was electrical engineering. So I had a computer science background and all those sorts of things in mathematics. So uh, I started trading, you know, about 2004, started trading stocks, things like that. And then I went further into, because I, I wanted something a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more fast paced. So I went into trading in mini futures on the S&P, Russell 2000, uh, DAX, et cetera. Okay. So, um, I guess, uh, you know, I cut my teeth there, you know, using tick charts, things like that. And then that went over the 2009 period. So watching, you know, limit down on, on the S&P, you know, three, four nights in a row was pretty interesting, right? Not many people get to see that in their lifetime. or well, it's very rare that that happens. So, but I guess, you know, from there, you know, because I'm in Australia, and my family's in Australia, I have to be up in the middle of the night to be able to trade those things. So. I took a step back and over into the FX space, still derivatives, but it gave me the ability to trade 24 hours a day and, um, and also write algos around it as well. So, you know, that's basically a quick, you know, synopsis of my, of my his- history. Yeah. How was the learning curve for you to learn to trade? Was it hard? Was it simple tough. that you get a mentor? Okay. So, yeah, it was tough, right? And I say this to a lot of the guys who I teach at the moment. Uh, is that, you know, it took me five years of running around in circles, you know, reading this book, reading that book, changing my strategy. You know, my strategy worked, you know, for a little bit, then stopped working. So then I'd flick over to another strategy. Went over to the University of YouTube as well. You know, that didn't really help. You know, read this book, that book, then into chat rooms, got advice here, got advice there. Nothing really worked, right? Then I got my own mentor, okay? I got a mentor in Chicago to help me out, 
right, to put me on the right path, but also to keep me accountable, right, for all of my actions, okay? Because it's very easy, I guess, to, you know, start a trading system or go along and start trading, you know, something seems to work for a while and then you completely blow up your account. Very easy. We've all heard that story a thousand times. But, you know, if we, you know, it's easy for us to do it when we're in our bedroom, but if we're accountable to somebody, then, you know, they keep us, you know, making sure that we keep our risk to reward right. They also make sure that we don't overexpose ourselves, right? Because it's very easy to change your lot size when, you, when you're on a winning streak or when you're just about to lose everything, you do the Hail Mary, right? And that's, you know, putting a th- one lot on a $1,000 account, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I'm kind of curious to hear from you why you think that YouTube or articles or books didn't work for you. What, why well, was the, 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 it's not the books that didn't work. The, the, the information in the books, all of those books are, you know, very good. It's just my interpretation I thought was incorrect, right? Uh-huh. I didn't have somebody to be able to bounce off to say, well, you know, everybody could read the same, you know, one page, you know, and everybody will have a different interpretation of it because of their own individual experiences. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then, you know, I guess my, my interpretation or how I put it all together was a little bit different. But where I guess where it changed for me was, you know, having all of this information and as arsenal, right, I guess, you know, how do I put it all of it together? Like, okay, so I know, I know what divergence means, okay? So there's some guys out there that trade divergence. There's some guys out there that trade and stand by Elliott Wave. Some guys, Fibonacci, support resistance, blah, 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 right? But how do we put all of it together into one global thing that will support us to get high probability trade setups, right? Instead of just using one component, waiting for that not to work and then flicking to another thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's the, there's the other thing of the fact that you might read a book today and you get like a version of it, you understand something, then you read it like maybe two, three years after and you yeah. get a different perspective on things. Completely different perspective because you've got yeah. some experience behind you, right? Because you've actually experienced the failure. I've got a guy that trades for me at the moment uh, and I just had a conversation with him this morning. He said, because I've been tell- going, you know, turning blue, basically telling him that, you know, just stick with what I'm telling you, right? Uh, or to stick with the plan that, you know, that we've developed. Um, because, you know, if you keep changing or you keep doing this or that, then it won't work. So what has he done? He's gone out and do- <laughs> changed it and done his own thing, right? But he's had to go to that space, right? To be bitten, you know, to be, to, to lose some money, to, to get the pain that's associated with it, to understand, to come back and do it properly. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's yeah. a chance I had with a lot of traders in the past. So do you think that the losses and the failures are essential to become a good trader? Absolutely. hundred percent. Because the thing is, is if, you know, a lot of young guys will come in with a jackpot view of the market, right? think, oh, okay, well, I'll put five grand into an account, start trading one lot, you know, all I, all I need to make is $1,000 a day and then, you know, I'm in the Bahamas, right? They have to go through the pain of losing it to be able to go, okay, well, now I'm going to be conservative, right? Now I'm going to really be patient and wait for those high probability trades, right? Because the thing is, is if you open the charts up, it doesn't mean you have to trade, 
right? Yeah. Just because the charts are in front of you certainly doesn't mean, oh, there's, there's, I'll just, I'll try and look for a trading opportunity. What we've got to do is we've got to let the trading opportunity come to us, right? It's like I've got a fishing analogy, right? There's a fishing analogy. Let's say that my trading system is my rod and reel, right? And my bait and my hook, right? But when I'm ready to go trade, which is 12 o'clock the, during the day when the sun's blaring, right? And I go trade, I just start fishing, right? Okay, I'm not really going to catch much, am I? Okay. But when I, but if, I, if I'm patient, right, and I wait for the, the right time, wait for the sun to set, I wait for all of these things to come and line up, right, to, for the best high probability chance of catching a fish, then I've got a higher chance of catching that fish. Does that make sense? But I can have the best trading system on the planet. I can, have, I can be all of these things. But unless the fish are there and we have to wait for those fish to come to us, then we're not going to catch anything, are we? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense for sure. And the issue I feel that a lot of traders face is that if you were to like fish, then you cannot like force things too much. But if yeah. you trade, you can force things and take trades that you shouldn't take. Yeah, that's so cool. How do you make sure you don't take trades you shouldn't take? Do you have like a problem? Well, okay, so I've developed this whole the, a trade. My trading plan looks like this. The first thing I do is I ask myself two questions, okay? Every trade that I take, I ask two questions. One is what are other traders seeing on the page? What are they thinking and what are they seeing? The second question that I ask myself is what is obvious? What's obviously there, right? Because there's, there's a thing called confirmation bias, right? It's a human trait, right? Confirmation bias means that we tend to create a belief for ourselves and based on that belief, we will take action on it, okay? So let's say, let's say that I believe the Aussie dollar is going to go down, okay? We're at 68 cents. I reckon we're going to go to 66, okay? I've created in my head an absolutely solid belief that, that the Aussie is going down. So therefore, I stop looking at what's actually on the chart. Okay, stop seeing it all. I just see what I want to see. Does that make sense? So you're curve fitting what's on the chart for your own belief. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That's one of the biggest problems that a lot of traders get it, go across, right? So that's why I ask myself, what are other traders seeing and what's obvious, right? So I stop thinking what I'm believing in and start thinking about what everybody else is believing in. Does that make sense? Yeah. How do you understand what other traders see or think? Well, the first thing is, is to, you know, firstly know all of the technical, technical strategies out there, like Elliott Wave, getting your Elliott Wave counts right, understanding divergence, understanding trends, you know, support resistance levels and all those sorts of things. Once you understand that, then understand what the fundamentals are as well. And as FX traders, we're not really inter interested in broad fundamentals, uh, like, sorry, micro fundamentals. We're looking at macro fundamentals. So the, really the only ones that we're interested in are interest rates, employment, NFP, and uh, CPI, okay? You know, if we do GDP, GDP is a lagging indicator, right? You know, if we're looking at housing starts, it might be a little bit too small because it is a component of GDP, but, you know, they're too, they're too micro for us to, for currency to be shifting, okay? You know, so understanding those type of, like all of the components together will give us, the, give us that ability to, you know, have a, have a good trade. 
Mm-hmm. I'm curious to go more in depth also on that a little bit later, but what is your trading style these days? What does that look like? Okay, so I've got two trading, two trading systems that I use. Okay, one is a swing trading system, uh, which we you know, use one hour chart. It can be used on 15. I've got traders that use it on a 15 chart, uh, five minute chart, but I prefer a one hour chart for myself. Do all my Elliott wave counts on four hour charts. Uh, so that's a swing method, okay? We're in, a, we're in a trade between, you know, 24 hours and five days. With a news release strategy, we've got news release, so we look for a differential between consensus and actual, uh, and based on a certain deviation of, of, those, of the consensus and actual, if it's wider than, uh, you know, one or two standard deviations, then we'll, we'll be able to take the trade, okay? And that's down on a five-minute chart. Okay, there was an example of that recently uh, where the Canadian dollar, oh, sorry, the Canadian employment figure was greater than expected and the NFP came under, which was last week, if you remember it, right? So there was awesome CAD trade. Okay, so, you know, buying CAD was really good. So they're the mm-hmm. two, two strategies that we run. Cool. And can you kind of guide people through what are the things that you look at in the market? Because so we talked fundamentals a little bit, but what are the kind of steps you take to be able to get good setup that are that are high profit? Okay, so the steps that I take to get a good trade is firstly ask myself those two questions that we stepped on, oh, we touched on before. The second thing is is to filter out the market. Okay, so there's a filtering process. Should I keep going? Let's say that we're in a trend. Should I keep going long if I identify divergence? So therefore, I won't, I won't continue going long. Do I have a break of a trend line? Do I have a reversal, technical reversal, or a classic technical reversal pattern? Do I have a harmonic of some sort like a butterfly or a Gartley pattern that exists? So if I can tick box a number of these different uh, filters, then that might give me an indication that it's a good chance to trade. Once I've got, once I say yes to myself, then I, all of the ducks are lining up, then I've got an entry condition. And that's usually based on what I call convergence, right? And that convergence is the move from, you know, if we've got a Fibonacci on a leg, okay, so a trend is made up of legs. On, that, on a single leg, if we've got a retracement to around about the 50 or the 618, Fibonacci retracement and that also lines up not on, on its own but it's got to be confluence or converge with a uh, moving average or the or a trend line of some sort a support resistance line okay or if all three even better okay and there's certainly in the FX market as you, as you probably already know there's some significant uh, moving averages which act as a support and resistance on a very common basis right so if, if we get that convergence, then that's an awesome entry. So that gives us really good market timing. Because you know, when you trade, market timing is probably the key to the whole thing, right? If we get good market timing, then we've got a, a, the ability to reduce our risk, right? So that we get a higher risk to reward on that single trade. Then overall, with a system R multiple, we've got a very, very good risk to reward on that. Okay? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of a okay. step-by-step checklist to go through. Exactly. Are you going to trade both reversals and kind of trend continuation patterns or only one? Sorry, sorry, say again. Are you going to trade both uh, trend continuation and reversals or only one of those? Uh, no, I'll do both. 
Absolutely. I'll trade both, right? I'll trade, you know, if I see the opportunity there, then I'll take the opportunity. But it's got to, it's got to fit all of the conditions first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if, I, so if I get like, just to continue on that, so if I get a, a reversal pattern, right, and then break of the trend line, then I'll take the trade, right? Mm-hmm. That's a reversal. Now, if I've got, you know, let's say that I'm on leg one or leg A of, of Elliot, then I'll take that in, in the direction of the trend. So both. Mm-hmm. It seems like you're using a lot of uh, indicators and kind of tools like Yellow Twitch, Fibonacci to look at, at the market. Okay. So, so let, me, let me just say, let me just yeah. say this. You'll be quite surprised. Okay. The only indicator that I've got on my chart is an RSI. Okay. And okay. I've got and, it's, and three moving averages. That's it. It's very, very basic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a Fibonacci tool. That's that's all I use. So most of what we do, what I'm doing, is price action. Okay. Price action is the key. All right. And that's what I was going to ask you exactly. So <laughs> what, what are the six people that think that price action is the only way to trade or the or the king? Well, it's the king. It's certainly the king, right? Because you know you've got to remember all oscillators or indicators. You, you know they're all lagging. Right, price has already happened. By the time something, by, by the time you know, an oscillator of some sort, like a MACD, RSI, whatever, it's just an algorithm. What price is doing, so it's already happened. Right, you know, the better you get, the less indicators you use. Yeah, mm-hmm. so price action, the leading indicators we use is support resistance. Yeah, so fib, fib levels, all of those sorts of things. Okay, so most of what we're looking at is all leading indicators based on price action and looking at price action patterns, you know, AB equals CDs, Elliott wave, all that sort of thing. Okay. So then what is the role of indicators like the RSI and moving averages? The, the, the role of the RSI is simply just to confirm our divergence. That's it. That's all it does. Okay. It's not, we don't use it as overbought, oversold. Uh, we just use it for divergence purposes. Okay. The moving averages are there for support and resistance. So we're using them as leading indicators. Okay. Um, and then we just use trend lines, et cetera, as leading indicators as well. Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. So what we, because some people might feel that this is like a lot of parts and processes to learn. Correct. How should they go about it? Should they, should they start with like one thing to learn, apply it, and then go to the other yeah, Well, the thing is, is, you know, if anybody's coming in thinking the trading is going to be, an, you know, you're going to be an expert trader next week, then <laughs> it's just yeah. not going to happen, right? No. Usually, you know, the guys that I teach, right, it takes them 12 months to get there, right? Backtesting, if you, you know, manual backtesting, you know, I've always said, you know, Harry Hindsight, mm-hmm. you know, Harry, Harry is the best trader of all, right? Because he's, you know, we've already, he's already been there. It's very easy to trade in hindsight. So manual backtesting is very, you know, deceptive, okay? I guess, you know, all of my traders, though, when they go out and they learn, right, or I'm educating them how to do it, then they, uh, they do it in real time, okay? So, yeah, did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so cool. it starts to learn and you got to go through all the steps, I guess. Yes, you do, you do. Yeah. Cool, cool. So right now you have a business where you teach people and you also run a kind of prop firm or capital management yes. company, right? That's right. So we've got two, uh, two arms to our, our business. We've got our prop business, okay? So in the prop business, we use our own funds. I bring guys on to learn, 
There's a, and there's two two aspects to that. They can either learn on their own, or they can get me to mentor them. Okay, mentoring takes about twelve months. The 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 capital side of it, Jackson Capital, is agency funds. So we get investors in through what's called a managed discretionary account. Okay, so that's all agency money. Yeah. So how did that idea kind of come along of running a capital company? Well, I started off being a capital. When I started off, I was a broker, right? Okay. So then, um, then I wanted to run my own investment company. So you know, using the same licenses as you know, as what I when I was a broker, I could just become a corporate corporate authorized representative of the AFSL that I'm using. So then I, um, you know, develop, you know, put it into an MDA and became. Uh, investment manager basically trading for myself but you know as years go on you know i don't want to you know i want other guys to trade for me as well right or trade the money as well because what that does is that if i've got more than one guy trading for me it smooths out my equity curve right because essentially with an individual the fund has a specific risk on me right which means the sense of the equity curve you know, can can move, right? But if I've got multiple guys, it, it smooths out the equity curve quite a bit, right? Which is, you know, that's the benefit of having multiple guys on there. And that's why I started educating guys on how to trade. And then I guess the next question that you're probably going to ask, right, is why would I teach five guys to trade exactly the same way that I trade? Would they all take the same signal, right? Mm-hmm. You'd be funny. I thought that too, right? But the truth of the matter is, is that very rarely do all the guys take the same signal, right? But we've got the ability to be exposed to the market a lot more, right? Okay. Okay. And the next question to this that I'm curious about is how do you spot a good trader? How do you find them? Well, you don't. You can't. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of guys that have come through this and they, you know, they've come and gone, right? The guys who are good, the guys who are good, you know, how do you get a good soccer player or footy player, right? They have to go through the under under 12s, under 13s, under 14s, you know, to the seconds and then, you know, they get selected all the way along. I don't know who's a good trader before they walk in the door. I just don't know, right? Usually the good, the guys that, the guys who do full 12 months with me end up trading for me, right? Uh, and I guess that's a good thing is, you know, my intention is my, what I need is I need traders. Right, and my intention is, you know, we're batting on the same side, right? Meaning that I need them to be a trader, so I'm going to put all my effort into it, right? You know, it's not just, you know, here's some information, see you later, type of thing, and then come back to me when you think you're good. Yeah, and what do you think happened with people that kind of in general give up trading? So let's say they have to learn for 12 months or whatever time they need to, but then they give up. What do you think it happened? What a, yeah, that's a good question. You know, things get in their way, I guess. Um, you know, family, whatever, you know. You know, everybody's got a different reason why, you know. They just don't have the acumen for it or they just don't have the, the drive. You know, they're busy with wives and kids and, and, you know, their jobs and all those sorts of things. So, you know, they didn't realise it was going to take so, you know, so much dedication. They didn't quite realise it. Um, but I guess the guys that, you know, do have the dedication for it, you know, end up getting there, right? I'm, and, you know, you could, it's not rocket science, 
right? It's, yeah. There is a lot of components to it, but it's not rocket science, right? You know, you do have to learn a lot, but, you know, it's not something that's outside the, the, the possibility that, you know, that anybody can really learn. Mm-hmm. And in your case, I'm kind of curious. So what made you not give up trading? Or did you have some time oh, where you, want, you mate, felt like you wanted I'm, to give up? I'm a dog with a bone, mate. Right, mate. I don't give up on anything. I wasn't okay. going to let it beat me, right? I was never going to let it beat me, right? Because this, you know, I really, really wanted to do it, right? It was something that you know I've always had interest in, all, all those sorts of things, and you know, I really, really did not want to give up, you know, throw in the towel, right? So, you know, I guess I just kept going until I got it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But I did it. I did it the slow way, right? Yeah. I went from book to book and all over, round and round in circles until I went, oh, okay, well, I need somebody to actually show me how this thing's done, right? Mm-hmm. And what would be your advice for, for traders that are looking for a mentor right now? Like they're not sure who to pick and maybe they follow like 10 different websites, 10 different YouTube channels and everything and they don't know like who to pick to be, to, to be mentored by. Okay, well, just find somebody that can, you know, will pick up the phone at the price point that you want, all those sorts of things. You know, if somebody's out there looking for, look, wanting to be a trader, mate, I want you, right? Okay, I'll put it out there now, right? And this is what, I guess why I'm doing this podcast is because, you know, I need traders and I want to, you know, get the word out there. And I've got, I've got the, you know, convergence trader, you know, ethos that I work with, you know, and it's all ready to go, right? For anybody who does want to, want to, you know, have a look at what we're doing. But I guess, you know, it's, it is hard. It's not easy. You know, you know, this is not, you know, a very largely established type of uh, education. It's not like going to university and knowing that, you know, Melbourne university is the best university in Australia. Right. You know, it's not well known. Right. So, you know, it might be a hit and miss. Um, but, you know, you, I don't know. It's, read their web website thoroughly and ask a lot of questions, I guess. Yeah. And at the same time, I think university doesn't need anywhere, even though it's a good place and stuff. It doesn't need that's you to, yeah, well, that's, that's thing, you know, especially with guys that I mentor, I've got a guy in Italy, I've got New Zealand, I've got central Queensland, I've got a guy in like heaps of guys in New South Wales, Sydney. So, you know, they, they don't have to, you know, be sitting here next to me. They can, we can just do it you know, over Skype and team viewer and all those sorts of things. Cool. Is there any topic within cover or touch on that you, that you feel like you have to talk about or anything you think well, is important? Um, I think, I think, you know, I reckon most guys probably get a lot out of this, you know, we know I haven't gone into specifics, but you know, I guess the main things just to summarize for anybody's trading, you know, make sure you don't make up any ideas in your head and think it's gospel right? Trade what you see, not what you think. Larry Prezevenko, read that book. And also the two, two things that, that really make a great trader, really good market timing and good risk to reward, right? Because we're all working with statistics in the end, okay? And the thing is, what I, do, I guess what I want to touch on maybe is that the market is a stochastic process, meaning it's completely random. Okay, if you put if you look at all the closing prices of a chart, right, and you look at and you take away the candles, take away everything, right, just the closing prices, put a dot on each closing price, it's random, right? So you have to use statistics and probability, okay, to trade. 
you can't have a certainty on any single event or any single trade, right? All right. I guess that's it. Yeah, and that's massive. So for me, when I started to think about numbers more, that improved my training a lot because I didn't care about the result and the outcome. That's right. And it also, when you start thinking about that, it, it makes you calmer as a trader, right? Because yeah. you know, usually when you start trading, you're all nervous. You're like, I remember my heart pumping, right? When I put my first E-mini contract on, right? I think this has got to, it has to win. And the, well, of course I lost it, right? <laughs> but, you know, if we start looking at it as a, as a trial, as a group of trades rather than individual trades, then you've got to, you're, going to, you're going to expect some of them to be losers. But that's why we need to have good market timing so we get our risk to reward. So we have very small risks and very big rewards, right? Cool. So why can people find you if they want to connect with you or reach out after this interview? Okay, so there's two ways of doing it. If you want to learn on your, on online, go to convergencetrader.com, okay? Um, if you want mentoring off me, go to leprousproprietarytrading.com.au. Okay. Awesome. We'll put a link in the show notes for that. And I guess also on social media. Social media, Lepus Proprietary Trading. Uh, find our page there and uh, you'll be able to friend us on the page. Cool. Awesome. So, Richard, I'm curious to hear what are your goals for the future? Well, I guess, you know, keep growing our fund. Our fund, we've got a lot of money out of Europe and we've got a lot more coming. Um, my goal for the future is to get some great traders. We are going to open up the future space again, but that's, you know, later on in the year. But uh, for now, I, I need good traders and I really hope that I can get some more good traders to start working for me. And what's your main motivation to grow that business? Oh, money, mate. <laughs> it's the same, same motivation for everybody else, isn't it? Better lifestyle, but some more money, you know, go on holidays, you know, have the freedom, you know, make sure my son goes to good school, all those sorts of things. So, you know, just want to share what, I, what I've been doing and uh, make sure everybody else, you know, has the opportunity to be able to partake in it. Awesome. So I have this one question that I ask all my guests at the end of the podcast for the interview, which is, if you could give people one piece of advice on how they can thrive as traders, yeah. what would that one piece of advice be? Okay, the advice is be patient. Okay? Just be patient. Don't expect, don't expect the trades to be there or the good ones to be there all the time. But just be patient. Nice. Richard Jackson, thank you so much for being here today. It's been a pleasure to have you here on the podcast. Okay, thank you very much. 